Hey, patrons, this is Scooch, your, uh, like, uh, secret message. I just want to say hi. And, uh, like, I, I haven't figured out the theme of these. Uh, Sasculula to all of you. Definitely say that to me so I know, uh, you know, like, uh, be, a, be a little code word, I guess. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And uh, what I'm going to do, or what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place uh, where you feel safe and welcome I don't know if I want to be heartwarming, but you know, the, like the heartwarming commercials you see, I want it to feel a bit like that, a little more genuine, a uh, safe place where you can come in just like the person, whether it's a coffee commercial or an oatmeal commercial, or you don't, you see, what are they advertising here? Like uh, where the person comes in the door, it's winter outside or it's raining outside and it's a warm, safe place. And they said it usually they set aside, you know, whatever the, the, it could be an ad. So it could be, well, this is the good world. You know, you just left that one. Sometimes they could be setting aside their coat and their hat or whatever. And I don't know, not many people have hats anymore. Raincoat, umbrella, boots, whatever. Usually that happens pretty fast on a commercial. This podcast, I could take, you know, 20% of the episode, me talking, describing a commercial in an attempt to describe a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, uh, physical sensations, uh, feelings from something from the past, present, or future. could be something you're going you, you, to, your life stuff, uh, noises, uh, changes in routine, travel, weather, whatever it is. Uh, what I'd like to do is distract you. Uh, to tell you a bedtime story, I guess this is more of a bedtime, bl- you know, bl- I'll be doing some blathering, the, the good kind of blathering, if it works for you. But really what I want to do is I want to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these uh, kind of lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones and pacing in an attempt to escort you or uh, accompany you or, you know, just be in your presence uh, blathering towards you. While you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep, uh, I don't think I transport you. You know, that's probably one of the issues with these sleep solutions. This is more of like a sleep stuff. Like, a, I guess you can't say it's sleep stuff because uh, that doesn't really make any sense. But it's like a sleep, I, I call it a sleep offering because it's here for you to use and to test out. I mean, not that different than a good, like a good pillow, you know, that you fluffed and you say, okay, well, that's my good, that's my favorite pillow. You know, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know, my pillows are named, of course, one pillow, I forgot its name, Doris and Boris are my two pillows that are, uh, and then I have another pillow. Oh man, this is going to make for a long night for me. Could you imagine your podcaster that puts people to sleep and then you go and record a podcast and you say something that keeps your pillow up all night? I got a pillow. I forgot its name. It's going to be the whole, I can't believe he, he sleeps on me every single night. He doesn't remember my name. I mean, what what else do I got to do? I support it. You know, he wants to stomach sleep. I get under his shoulder. He wants to side sleep. I get, you know, I'll go between your knees. Uh, whatever it is you want, Scoots. Can't even remember my name. Of course, he remembers Doris and Boris's names. 
I, and I don't like I like I'll be honest with the audience and I hope you're not listening. I mean, these walls, I do have a lot of moving blankets on the wall, so maybe the pillow can't hear me. It can sense it, though, like just like why your, your pets wait at the door for you. I think pillows. Oh, now he's saying I'm just like a pet. I'm a pillow. What else? I'm not a dog or a cat. I'm a pillow. Okay, well, I don't. I really don't need to be kept up tonight with pillow guilt, uh, pillow shame. I think that's a whole. Okay, let's keep a let's keep on track here. But I was going to tell the audience uh, if you could cover your pillow ears. I don't even think I like. Sometimes I forget stuff on this podcast, and I say, "Well, I'm pretty sure I'll remember it." I I don't even like that part of my. Those brain cells are gone. Like I can sense the part of my brain. Even the synapses and stuff that are going there, and they've gotten to the point, the storage point, like that's a it's a bad sector, or whatever you, whatever they say with those old spinning hard drives. They say, yeah, we can't, you can't defrag that, uh, you can't, no, no clearing that space back up, Scoots. And I say, well, that was where that pillow's name. I, th- I want to say it's Otis, but I know that's not correct. So, I mean, I, I'll have some apologizing to do, uh, but, but so, hmm. So this is a podcast, I guess like it's a sleep offering. I, I guess I found myself in a pickle here. I really feel bad about forgetting this pillow's name. I mean, here's a, here's some advice. Don't name your pillows. I mean, if this is what comes out of it. But I guess this is an example of why I make the podcast. I have, I have I'm an overthinker. I got an underperforming brain that overthinks. And that's a bad combination. And also, you know, it, it misfires a lot. It's like more, my brain's more of a contraption, you know, than a. I think that would be the exact way. You say, well, they said, what do you, when they were producing me, they said, what do you got left for that, that, that this, this, this cat's brain? They said, well, he's a human. No, yeah, we, we, well, he's got fur. We already put fur on him. We know he's human, but we didn't put human hair on his head. What, what kind of, what, what do you got left in the brain department? You got any of those prodigy brains? No. What about any of those, uh, like, extroverted uh, lover of life brains? We we got one of these contraption brains. The, the thing about them is we never know how, we gave one, you know, we've given them out, you know, and, and the, it's, it's, it's gone good. Some Very small percentage of time it goes real good. Most of the time, but we got he's moving on that belt there. Just put the contraption brain in. We'll see how. So my brain's a contraption. Um, I hurt my pillow's feelings. Unintentional. I mean, I guess it's my fault. I can't remember. I guess it's my brain's fault. But I don't want to start, you know, dodging responsibility. It's my fault, and I'll deal with that. But so I have trouble falling asleep. Ever since I was a kid, I had a terrible time falling asleep. But the main message is whatever it is that's keeping you awake, whatever the spectrum of things... Uh, you know, I might not have experienced it, but I can relate to lying there in the deep, dark night, tossing and turning, staring at the ceiling and other stuff. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If you've had trouble falling asleep, it's not pleasant. And I'm sure my pillows could be telling me that later when I say, hey, can we like, like, talk about a spurned, like, you could, like, uh, you know, we all have our romantic quibbles and things, uh, but I've never, I've actually never gotten into an argument with a pillow before. I've never had, had a spurned pillow. I've had many a spurned of other thing. So it's going to make for a long night tonight for me. You've uh, been anticipating. Because what if the other pillows, the, the, like, imagine they're going to pull me aside and they're going to say, we really need to talk to you. And they say, well, are cushions and pillows in it together? Because I'll just sleep on the couch. And they say, oh, yeah, we're cushions, we're cushions. 
Did you just say cushions and pillows are the same? No, I just said, are you, like, are you all going to be mad at me? Like, anything full of stuffing is going to be, oh, yeah, just, uh, so I've managed to, uh, so, yeah, underpowered brain, a bit of a contraption brain, overthinker, though. So I have trouble falling asleep, and, and I know how it feels. And I really believe that everybody deserves a good night's sleep, and it's not easy. Uh, for some of us, it can be elusive and frustrating. And so I've been making this podcast. I guess you'd say it was in my spare time. It's pretty much it takes up all my time other than, when, like, a lot of my time. But uh, I started making about three and a half uh, years ago. Because I see, Jesus, like, uh, maybe some people would want, like, a distracting bedtime story to put them to sleep. A boar friend, a companion in the deep, dark night. Now, not everybody is looking for that, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff out there, a lot of other sleep offerings. Some are titled Sleep Solutions or whatever. This is a, like in the milder, you know, you, you look at it and say, well, geez, I don't know if I want to buy this or what, you know. Uh, but like, uh, so, so this isn't for everybody. And then the, 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 the general idea, but then you get to me and you say, did you say your ba- brain's a contraption? Did, could you, do you have trouble pronouncing the word brain? Yeah, I do. Creaky dulcet tones. It's, it's something like a sense of humor that's strange and rambling, stuttering, and nonsensical. Yeah, got all this covered. So... So that's what I do, and uh, like, uh, so I hope it works for you. It works for the people it works for. Sometimes it takes a few tries, and I, I mean, in all honesty, like, uh, I hope it helps you because, because, like I said, I've been there, and I'll be there tonight. I mean, if you got it, I mean, unfortunately, I'm recording this way before it goes out because it's got to get edited and everything. So I've already grappled with this pillow stuff. But if you have any advice, I see she's uh I really don't have time to scroll through the archives and li- oh, I almost I almost saw it in the name of the pillow. I think it was like an episode a long time ago where I had a pillow. I mean, this makes it worse probably, and it didn't have a name. And we took it to the place in the sky where pillows do get names, and it was such a meaningful event for me. I forgot the pillows that the pillow was named. Uh, like I said, I don't think I forgot it. I think those brain cells they just are on. Uh, sabbatical or something per- maybe permanent sabbatical and i guess that would be the fault of my earlier lifestyle choices so maybe the pillow could be and i guess i'll say i'll accept it i'll say you know what pillow i'm sorry i hurt your feelings i guess i should have spent more time i maybe i mean i guess i don't appreciate my pillows like i should so maybe i mean and how about this you know you got mother's day you got father's day you got bird you know maybe this would be a place tonight uh and it doesn't have to be a grand, I mean, okay, now the pillows are coming in. They're saying, yeah, have a grand holiday for us. Well, maybe we'll start, let's start small. Tonight will be pillow appreciation night. I mean, pillow, well, tonight will be pillow apology night. Then we'll have cushion, then I'll do my cushion apology tour. And then tomorrow night I'll have pillow appreciation night. I'll, I'll fluff my pillows. I'll change, you know, I'll give them a nice washing of the uh, pillow cases and the pillow Whatever the other thing I put on them, pillow encasements are, maybe I'll pet the pillows. I'll, you know, I'll compliment them. I say, wow, you, you know, you know, usually people don't say you look so lumpy like that, but you do. You are so lumpy, deliciously lumpy, might I say. 
I love your lumps. Uh, whatever. What was your name again? So, and you know, I'll do some. I'll do some pillow arranging. How about this? I'll tell you what. I think I'm on a roll here. Like, I'll ask my pillows. What movie? Do you, we'll watch a movie. What do you say? And they say, "Hey, jerk, we don't got any eyes unless you didn't notice." And I say, "Well, I could just I could describe the movie to you. I do that all the time with the podcast." Uh, I just want to, you know, I just want to make my, I want to make you feel comfortable, just like I do with the podcast. The podcast it puts pillows to sleep. We do it with the pillow fluffing and petting, and a you know, a celebration of pillows. I don't think that's a good book title, but it kind of, uh, I guess it would be a poem. Uh, celebration of pillows, uh, fluffing, stuffing, duffing, bluffing. Maybe I should write the, you know, maybe I should do that. An ode to pillows. Uh, oh, a pillow uh, under my head. Uh, oh, I wish you would rise like bread. Pillow, 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 you mean so much to me. Pillow, pillow, pillow. I could never set you free, though, so so maybe this is a strange relationship, and maybe I should just move on with the intro. You're right, so I'll be doing my pillow, pillow apology and pillow celebrating later. But tonight, I'll be trying to take your mind off. So tonight, we'll be talking about a, a, a Q episode from Star Trek The Next Generation, Deja Q. And you might be having a case of Deja Fugue right now because you say, what in the heck? Uh, Scoots talked about his pillows before, but never like this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I could tell you, like, I wish I could say this isn't the first time I've had to apologize to my pillows. But most of the time, I'm glad I found out tonight they don't have eyes. Thank goodness. So I guess I could take back all those apologies. Uh, but um, anyway, main message is I'm glad you're here. This is a podcast. It's it's good-natured. It, it might it, uh, might not work for you, but I hope it does. Structure of the show, we're already pretty deep into it. Five minutes of business at the top of the show, 12 to 15-minute intro, which we're on the end of here. That sets the mood and, and helps put people to sleep. Some people fall asleep during it. Uh, and then we'll have the episode proper where we'll talk about Star Trek. I'll be here for about an hour uh, to keep you company in case you can't fall asleep or in case it takes a while. And you don't really need to listen or pay attention too close. I mean, clearly. I can't even remember the name of a pillow I sleep with every single night. And, uh, you know, and if you can't, I mean, I think you can relate to I'm really having a feeling about this because I say, well, I don't know if I'll be... I'm going to really feel bad about this. I may have to, like, I guess a good thing I don't have to look my pillow in its eyes. But, uh, so that's it. Uh, hope that makes sense. I, I, at the least of all, I hope I, I can make you feel welcome here. And I say this at the end of every intro because I mean it. I say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you found your way here. And the next thing is, I, I really hope I really work hard and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. All right, so we're talking uh, Deja, Deja Q. Hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Sleep with TNG. And it looks like this episode came out February 5th, uh, 1990. So that's, wow, uh, mind-blowing. And it's episode three, or season three, episode 13. I needed a Q fix, even though the last episode was Q. Uh, it didn't like it, like it, we skipped one episode, I guess. Uh, but I said, geez, I, like, I need a little cue. I, I need a little cue in my life. Uh, I miss the cue. 
And so load it up. Now, those of you that listen pretty regularly, you're probably going to want to know about my setup is a little different tonight, but not that different. I uh, I think my iPhone 4S is toast at the last update. I, like, I, I have yet to, I got to find a, like an old, one of those old cords so I can plug it into my computer. Because uh, it would be great if I could just use it as a security camera if it's not totally toast. But I do, so I don't think I'll be using that anymore. But I talk about a com- electronics bargain. No, it was four years ago, maybe even five years ago, I bought one of these Amazon Fire tablets uh, for my daughter. A uh, real small one. I think I paid somewhere around, uh, somewhere between 50 and $70 for it. And it still might be one of the best. Uh, I don't think I, I've, I've definitely gotten like uh, like so much value out of this thing, and now I'm getting more value using it for the podcast tonight. Uh, so let's talk about Deja Q. It starts with the captain's log: a blue planet, an asteroid-like moon. Uh, there's these people they're dealing with that they're trying to help uh, the Enterprise. They're cargo pants, parka people. I called them the parka people because they wear parkas and cargo pants. And uh, they say, dude, like their moon is uh, t- t- trajectory is deteriorating. This is Brial Four, the planet, and the, the atmosphere is going to take the moon. You know, it's going to take their moon down. And they say, geez, like uh, it's going to mess our planet up. It's not going to be good. You know, so the Enterprise is trying to fix it. They got twenty nine hours, probably. And uh, we don't know. And then, so then Picard's in problem-solving mode. He says, well, geez, what could we get to, what could we do? And, you know, to put the moon, put their moon back where it belongs. Uh, and Jordy says, oh, I don't think the tractor beam could do it. Uh, you know, we, we'd need more power, like an ant pushing a tricycle. Uh, slim chance at best. And Riker says, given a chance between slim and none, I'll take slim any day. And uh, Jordy says, uh, I thought there was one other good line in here. Because uh, I thought they said, well, uh, given the choice, which Riker stood when he said that. Uh, they said the mass of the moon would remain the same even if they blew it up. I think that was another question. And I said, "Holy Einstein!" Data said that. Uh, that was, I would have never thought of that, but it's right. The mass of the moon would be the same. Maybe I, I mean I don't know if that's true, but intact or unintact. But they say, you know, make it so. Let's try to move this thing, and they try to call other ships in. And Picard says, "The park people will work on it." And then they try pushing it with the tractor beam, but they say she's just not going too good. Uh, then they get this loud, all of a sudden, as they're working, this loud tinny music starts up, uh, very high pitched and getting louder and louder. And then we see Q floating in the nude on his side, almost like a model for like a, an oil painting. He's like lying there with his like, uh, like, like the camera's cloaking his parts. Like they became an issue later in the episode. We'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, I, I said, "Who? Which are, what, what is this? I can't think. I don't know if this was one of the Dutch masters that might have been painting him, but uh, he falls and he falls and he's got this big grin on. And uh, what does this say? Red, red, 
Oh, Q has a big grin. He says, Red Alert. Uh, and then there's music. I wondered if the music that I was playing was the Q theme. But I don't know if it was. Then the, the episode opens. Then there's captains like, GC, we're, we're trying to figure out this moon. And then Q showed up. Uh, so we figure Q's the, the cause of it. And then this is to say Jordy's uh, kissing butt. Uh, Oh, yeah, because he goes, Picard goes, Jordy, what's up? Jordy goes, geez, we've done everything by the book and a little extra. We just need either more time or more power, but we're short on both. Uh, I'll look and see if there are any rules I haven't broken. I thought that was a little bit extra butt kissing. Uh, we've done everything by the book and a little extra. Then Q is there. His arms are crossed. He's pouting like a child. Uh, he's got like, cause he's got this jumpsuit on, which, uh, it doesn't hide everything. My daughter, unfortunately, I was watching it and she, the first thing she said is, she said, dad, I could see is, uh, and I said, she said the, she said the, 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 the anatomy word for it. And I said, ah, I can't hear this. Like, uh, and I said, I said, well, I'm not, what do you say to that? You say, Jesus, like, you just, I don't know. You could, could kind of see his uh, thing. Through his clothes, uh, and I said, "Just do it." She said, "Just don't look there, honey." I said, "Thanks." I said, "Cues even up to tricks in my life, uh, trickster God, my my." Uh, but yeah, I was blushing. I'm blushing now a little bit. Uh, but Q, Q doesn't like this episode, and Riker's like, "Q, we know this is your thing." He goes, "What?" Do you? He goes, "I don't like this outfit." And he goes, "What are you blathering about, Riker?" And they say, why don't you leave these Parker people alone? They're just trying to wear their part. You know, they're, they they have like a branding opportunity with one of these uh, outerwear clothing companies or something. And, you know, why you got to leave? Can't you leave them alone? And Kugos, I don't know what you're talking about. I get kicked out of the cu- continuum. I'm being punished. And Picard goes, well, it sounds like punishment for me. And Q said, they said I spread chaos throughout the universe. They took away my powers. And he goes, do you, you don't believe me? Do you think I'd put myself in a human body? And Riker goes, yeah, yeah, if, if you wanted to. And then Q says, I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of the lowest uh, species, a normal human being. Uh, hands on the Q stands, crews, a lot of the crew have their hands on their hips. Uh, uh, what are you blathering? Why? Oh, and then at some point, he cut, when he says human being, though, it cuts to Troy, which I thought was strange because she's not human. I think, is she half human or all? Is she half human, half betazoid, right? I don't know who I'm asking. But they, they said, geez, oh, she, Troy goes, you became human as your punishment? He goes, well, no, I chose to be a human. I could have been a sea a lizard or a Belzoidian flea, anything mortal. But I only had a second to pick. And she goes, why? Uh, and he goes, yeah, I picked here. And he goes, well, because John Luke's my only friend. And then Data's scanning him. He goes, sure, he's reading, he's fully human. And Q goes, is there an echo in here? Ricardo said his head, hands, this is 615, uh, when he says you're my only friend, Ricardo's got his hands in his head, his head in his hands, and then Croy says, well, what do you want? And he goes, how about some compassion? And then they just get off the look, he goes, well, how about sanctuary? And Ricardo goes, we're trying to rem- deal with this moon, how about you do that? And Q's like, I got no power. 
Um, cue, cue the ordinary and go, because it says, cue the liar, cue the misanthrope, and then Q says, cue the miserable, cue the desperate. What I, how can I convince you? And what Worf says, ice cold, he goes, uh, die. He goes, die. What do I do to convince you, die? And Riker laughs at this, uh, and Q says, very clever. Have you eaten any good books lately, Worf? And Picard goes, you want to be treated human? Uh, get in the brig. And come on, you know, Q doesn't like that. And he goes, Worf could carry you. And he goes, no, no, I'll walk. Uh, he goes, I'm claustrophobic. Uh, and then they get in the lift. And uh, oh, also, uh, Worf, went, Worf was so delighted that he had to escort him out. He, he, he pulled down his jacket. I didn't know if that was like an inside joke or if this was a necessary thing with all the jacket pulling down. I know I read something about it when I was reading about Picard's uniform, but, like, I've seen Wesley, Reich, I've seen everyone doing that, pull their uniform down. So I don't know if their uniforms bunch up or what. Uh, but then we see Worf and Q are walking down the hall, bored life, so we see Q has some... Uh, boots. Oh, we see, like, a full, a full shot. We see the brownish boots of Q... Then they're on the left, he accused arms are crossed. He's talking to himself about humanity. Uh, G6, like, uh, like, I can't believe I have to wear clothes because of human morality. He goes, it could be too hot or too cold. I'm going to get old, lose my hair, get sick, get tickled, have an inch, a pimple, pad breath, bathe. Worf says, too bad. Uh, then they're in the hall, and Q tries to kiss up to, he says, what if I, I should have been a Klingon, huh? Yeah, he goes, I can't stay, he goes, you can't put me in the brig, I don't, he goes, he goes, I'm used to traveling the world. Uh, he goes, since we're both Klingons, could you talk, maybe, and then Worf says, be quiet, uh, or go back where you came from. And then Q does it. He goes, I can't just disappear, just like you can't win a beauty contest. But to be quiet was very loud. Uh, then Picard and Riker are having a meeting. They're kind of trying to figure out what's up with the moon and how to proceed and what to do about Q. Oh, also, Worf locked Q in the break, but that was an MM. So then Riker said, well, maybe, you know, Q's just testing us and he'll save the moon at the last minute. Uh Riker said this just could be a coincidence. And Riker says, you really believe Q? And Picard says, well, it's highly unlikely, but I think we should proceed that Q is telling the truth, that this powerless. Uh, and Riker says, great. Uh, and then they call the thing and they say, Jesus, it's not looking great, but we'll try to do something to the park of people. Uh, they say, geez, Jordy's not, uh, that, and then like there's a flash on the ship and then, uh, they get Berthold raised or something. The ship's getting scanned, uh, or probed or something. And then the, like some probe circular globe goes around, uh, um, Q's room. Oh, also, uh, Q, this is way back in the hall. Q, Q, when, uh, Worf lost his patience, Q also touched uh, Q, uh, Worf's shoulder. I forgot that for some reason. Also, I like how, like, Picard always says, well, geez, let's proceed as if he is telling the truth. Uh, like, let's try to move forward with the information we have. Uh, I thought that was great advice. Uh, uh, then Picard goes and visits Q. 
and uh, like Q's uh, sleeping and you know first Q's playing around oh you gonna let me out now and you know I mean you know got me locked up I never saw the brig before either so that was a little bit interesting and Ricard's like, I just, I don't even, I need to know what's going on. We got this moon, and uh, then we just got probed by some birth old radiation. And Q goes, I have my own thing. I fell asleep. Uh, he goes, I'm weak. Uh, and he goes, how do you deal with this? And Ricard goes, you'll get used to it. And then Q says, what other dangers await me? I'm, I'm not prepared for this. I need guidance. And Ricard goes, Q, I'm not going to play along with you. Uh, if you want to keep playing games, do it alone. And he goes, so leave. And Q goes, wait, wait, wait. He goes, uh, he goes, I know a lot of moons, big ones, little ones. I'm an expert. Uh, I could help you with the moon. Uh, also, I liked how at some point uh, when he was getting on, uh, uh, like uh, Ricard says, enough, he raises his hand up at uh, Q. Uh, that's when Q says, geez, I wasn't aware that the moon was in trouble and you got probed. They took kind of more serious uh, look. Uh, this is getting on my nerves. Now that I have uh, now that I have them, that's another good line. Uh, I've known moons. Uh, then Picard kind of takes leave. He says, all right, I'll trust you. You go with Data. And he goes, Data's in charge of you. You'll go down and work with Jordy. Then Picard takes off. Q's like, can I get a uniform? And Data's just kind of staring at him. He goes, what are you looking at? He goes, well, I'm trying to figure out if you're telling the truth uh, that you're human. And Q goes, it's awful. Now I can stub my toe. And Data says, it's an irony. You achieved in disgrace what I've always aspired to be. And then Q's kind of still, he goes, humans are such a such commonplace. They just run, run around. They don't know what they're looking for. And Data says, the human race has an enduring, talk about, this is some human jingoism, but I guess, you know, Data, uh, like, loves humans. Says, yeah, the human has an enduring desire for knowledge and opportunities to improve itself. Uh, and Q goes, oh, yeah, you could improve yourself. Uh, you're a minor species, anyway, humans are. Not worth your envy. And Data goes, oh, I'm not envious. Uh, and Q goes, he doesn't, Data says, I don't feel envy. I don't feel anything at all. That's my dilemma. I have the curiosity of humans, and there are questions I won't have the answers to. Uh, I won't laugh or cry or experience any human emotions. And then Q says, Jesus, like, uh, they're they're not what they're cracked up to be. Uh, Then they go down to engineering. Jordy's really excited and intense about getting this solved. Ten hours till they get the moons in pedigree or perigee. And they're trying to show Q uh, what's going on. They say, geez, we got one problem. You know, we're going to be too close to the atmosphere. And uh, Q says, this is incredible. It looks like he's looking at the screen. And they say, what do you see on the screen? He goes, no, no, my back. My back hurts. Uh, He goes, what's the right thing to say? Ow. He says, it can't. So then they called. He says, I can't stand back up. So they called Dr. Crusher. And Jordy's like, I got bigger problems. We got to park a planet with people in trouble, like millions of people. And Q says, Yeah, well, your plan's not going to work. Uh, he goes, You you need to look at the cause and not the symptom. And Jordy says, Yeah, we don't know what it is. Uh, and Q says, It's obvious. A large object like a black hole passed by at a right angle. And Data says, well, what do we do? And he says, change the gravitational constant of the universe. 
and then you'll change the mass of the android. And Jordy says, we can't redefine gravity, bro. And Data says, yeah, we can't just do that. It's beyond our capabilities. And then Q goes, oh, huh, well, never mind then. And then Dr. Crusher shows up. Uh, and Q, see, he goes, oh, hey, Dr. Crusher, you're still working with these humans, which made me think that they know each other from pre-Enterprise days. Uh, she comes in. He says, they see Starfleet shipped you back into exile. And then she goes, well, I wouldn't believe it unless I saw it with my own eyes. You got uh, muscle spasms. So she gives him, like, a back rub with some sort of device. Uh, and Jordy's kind of taken and tweaked Q's idea, meanwhile. Meanwhile, Q's like, I got some pains in my stomach. And Crusher's like, those are hunger pains. And then Q and Data go to uh, 10 forward or whatever. They sit at the bar. And Data, Q says, well, geez, I got to eat something. Uh, what do I do? And Data says, well, people choose what they want to eat by what they like. And and Q says, what do you like? And Data goes, well, I don't require sustenance. I occasionally ingest a semi-organic nutrient suspension and silicon-based liquid medium. And Q goes, is it good? He goes, it is more accurate to say it is good for me as it lubricates my biofunctions. And Q goes, pass. And then he says, well, what, you go to, he goes, what should I eat, Data? And Data says, well, it depends on your mood. And he goes, I'm in a bad mood. Give me something appropriate. And Data says, well, when Counselor Troy's not happy, she eats chocolate uh, Sunday, maybe. So Q goes, give me 10 Sundays. My, my daughter thought that was hilarious. So did I. And the waitress says, 10 and Data says, I've never seen anyone eat 10 chocolate sundaes. And Q goes, well, I'm in a really bad mood. And since I've never eaten before, I'm probably hungry. And so that's funny. Then Guinan rolls in. There's dramatic music. And she's got her hands on her hips. And uh, uh, they, you can tell they don't like each other. She goes, they finally kicked you out. Uh, and he goes, no, it's a career change. And she goes, uh, no, just one of the crew now. And he goes, one of the crew with the IQ of 2005. And Data goes, we don't know if he's lying or not. And Guinan pokes him. So then he says, ouch. Uh, and she goes, seems human enough to me. And then Q goes, I, you know, I don't know why she gets to be a member of the crew and I don't. Uh, she's no good. And Guinan goes, yeah, it must not be great for you. Totally defenseless all these after all these years of being uh, om omnipotent. Uh, and Q goes, I have friends in high places. And Guinan goes, you went around bullying people and teasing people and uh, enjoying that. Uh, and then Q goes, well, maybe I'll do some missionary work. And Data thought he's serious. He goes, that's noble. Gany says, maybe you could learn from Data. And he goes, the robot who teaches humanities. And Data says, dude, I'm an android, not a robot. And uh, Q says, I beg your pardon. And then she goes, get used to it, you know, apologizing. She goes, the only way you're going to make it is through the charity of others uh, to Q. And then Q says, I'm not hungry. Uh, then the, on the on the uh, bridge, there's like this weird plasma cloud outside. Uh, Q doesn't eat his Sundays. He says, did I say that already? He says, I'm not hungry. And they see this cloud. They say, geez, it's a life form. Uh, and it's probing the ship. It's the one with the tachyons. It's sending a signal, but we can't understand it. But it's definitely intelligent life. Uh, and uh, a talk by, oh, yeah, it was like a, kind of 8-bit sound effects, uh, kind of. Everyone's watching as it goes around the ship. 
Gina knows who it is. She said it's the Mitochlorians or something. Uh, I get their name written somewhere, but uh, they send in a globe after Q, and Data tries to board it, help him, because it tries to float Q away, and Jordy tries some harmonics or something. Oh, no, that like that time it doesn't float Q away, I don't think. Uh, and Q says, oh, help me, and then he falls down, and then Guinan stands over him, oh, how the mighty have fallen. So then we have Captain's Log. Uh, we're having a face-off with the crowd, uh, you know, this uh, Callum Moraine, and they probably have a grievance with Q, no doubt many life forms do. And Q goes, yeah, these, he, there's a close-up of Q tapping his fingers, and they're having a meeting, like, in the staff room. He likes the close-up of the fingers, and uh, he says, yeah, these are, like, ion creatures, and they don't have any sense of humor. And Picard goes, why are they mad at you? And he goes, there's nothing. And then Riker goes, did you bully them? And Q goes, that's subjective. One torment is another's delight. Uh, he goes, you don't have, you go, he goes, uh, Riker, you have a, a character flaw, low self humor or something. Riker goes, let's turn him over. And then Q goes, oh yeah, maybe you do have a sense of humor. It's dreadful. And Riker goes, no, I'm serious. Uh, and Picard goes, you came here because you knew people were going to be after you. You came here for protection. And Riker's got his hands behind his back. He's kind of standing over him behind Q. And Picard says, you, you got all these enemies, and you, you bring them all here. You say you're a friend, but that's you're really here uh, to use us. And Q goes, well, I know human beings. He goes, yo, I got all that compassion and forgiveness. Uh, can't wait to absolve any offense. It's a weakness. Picard goes, it's a strength. And he goes, Q goes, whatever, uh. But I think you'll protect me. And Riker goes, that sounds like a full-time job, not the one I signed up for. And Picard goes, yeah, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, we're going to drop you off at the first star base, and they can deal with it. And Q goes, well, I, I'm a valuable member of the team. And Data goes, well, he did have some ideas. Uh, and I don't think Troy liked that. She goes, uh, are, what, are you advocating for Q, Data? And he goes, no, no, I'm stating a fact, Counselor. And they call down to Jordy, and Jordy needs some help. So they say, well, we could get down there and help Jordy, I guess. Also, they did a shot at Troy when they when he says human compassion, because she's like the compassion, face of compassion. And when Riker said full-time job, Q really grimaced on that one. So Q wants to be on the team. Like I said, Data has his back. Uh, so Q and Data go on the case. They're in the hall. Q goes, well, they think I can't cut it. I'll show them. And Data goes, well, I don't think it's your skills in doubt, uh, Q. It's more your ability to interact. Uh, Data could have been saying this to me uh, with the minions, as you call them. And uh, he, he goes, human interpersonal relationships are complex. complex. And Q goes, I'm not interested in human interpersonal relationships. I just want to be indispensable. And then on the turbo lift, Data says, well, to be on a starship or any human activity, you must form relationships. Uh, and Q, just like it's, uh, it's so hard. And more important is your ability to work with groups. And Q, much like me, says, I'm not good in groups. Uh, it's difficult working in a group when you're omnipotent. So very uh, ego-based uh, 
uh, like stark uh, examples of our some of our negative egos and positive egos. Um, let's see, very ego representative. Uh, me, I don't know what Q says. Me, double question mark. Uh, let's see. The empty cards on the phone with the uh, park of people, and they're kind of putting. They see Picard, you're our only hope. You got to get on this. Uh, and they say, well, you know, no pressure. If you can't save us, you can't save us. Whatever the results are, we know you tried. And they see the Cal Moraine are waiting. So they say, geez, we got to lower our shields to complete the plan. And then they roll into engineering, and Q's like collapsing his hands like he's the leader. He's like, all right, everyone, gather around, uh, like the delusional coach. And Jordy goes, everybody knows what they're doing already, Q, except for you. And here's what I need. And Q's still resisting. He says, Jordy, I'm way smarter than you, like a billion times, so just get out of the way. And he goes, I just need you to control the field integrity. And Q goes, that would be a waste of my talent. You know, we've all worked in this situation before. And Jordy says, Q, get to work or get out of here. Uh, uh, Data, I need you with me. And Q goes, you know, Q's sulking. Who does he think he is? And Data goes, uh, Jordy's in charge. Uh, he's correct. Uh, so then they start moving the uh, thing, and it's going good, and uh, they're engaging the tractor beam, Q sulking. Uh, but then they kind of run into something, and Q goes, well, uh, there's uh, he goes, there's two inertial densities. Uh, you got to figure out that the moon has two different densities. Uh, and Jordy goes, oh, okay, I can probably adjust this. And Q says, doubtful. And Jordy goes, you don't know what this ship can do, mister. And Jordy goes, I believe it'll work. Uh, let's let's do it. And Q goes, Q's kind of like, well, it might not work, Jordy. And he crosses his arms. Jordy goes, shut up, Q. And Q goes, I won't be spoken to. You know, they go back and forth. Uh, but then it starts working, and uh, they're moving the moon. They get a move like 3%, and then the Cal Moraine come after them. And then they get knocked into the atmosphere. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's good close-ups on Q during this. Teamwork with the bridge is very good while Q's sulking. Uh, Q's acting like a baby. So, yeah, the Cal Moraine mess with them. They overpower the shields. Uh, and then they send in a globe to get Q, like a floating orb. And they try to lift him up, but Data Lake holds on to one of his legs uh, to rescue him. He holds him in place uh, as he's being pulled away. Uh, but then they fix the shields, and uh, Data and Q are both out of it a little bit. And then there's an ad. Uh, then we go back to the sick bay, and, or med bay. Jordy and Riker are there. They're trying to reset Data. They're like, we got to do a reset, you know, reboot, reboot him. And Q's trying to be downplay everything. He goes, oh, let's just, let's not overstate it here. He goes, I'm, I'm fine. And he goes, you're not excited that I'm fine. And Ricard says, you've exceeded your own standards of self-preoccupation. You're not worried about data who saved your butts. And Q goes, he'll be fine. And then Crusher goes, everybody get out of here, um. And they say, okay, well, we got to get back to work on this moon, I guess, even Jordy. Uh, and they say, well, as soon as we go to work on it, they're going to come after Q. And Jordy says, Commander, he's not worth it. 
Then Q goes into Picard's office. He's Picard's drinking some Earl Grey, and uh, Q sits at his desk. He's been thinking about more mortality. And he goes, you're right. He actually apologizes. He goes, I'm, I was selfish. He goes, it just that's how I'm used to doing things. And Picard goes, well, it doesn't work here. And uh, he goes, don't be so hard on me. He goes, you've been mortal your whole life. Uh, you know all about it. He goes, I'm just getting used to it. Uh, he goes, if it wasn't for data, I would have been out. He goes, I'd have been mortality over. And he goes, no one would have missed me. No more me. And he goes, why was data trying to help me? And Ricard goes, that's his special nature. He's learned the lessons of humanity well. And Ricard goes, well, when I asked myself, oh, I mean, when Q says, oh, would, I, would I have done the same thing? He goes, oh, yeah, he goes, I don't think I would have. Uh, and Ricard's and I have, he goes, I'm not your father confessor. You're going to get no absolution from me. You've done nothing but mess with me and my crew. And I'm still thinking this is some puerile joke of yours. And Q goes, it's no joke. It's a joke on me, the joke of the universe, the king who would be a man. And as I learn what it is to be human, I'm more and more convinced I'm not a good one. I don't want to have what it takes. Without my powers, I'm frightened of everything. I'm a coward, I'm miserable, and I can't go on. Uh, also, puerile, uh, which I didn't realize is P-U-E-R, is a silly, childish, or uh, juvenile. I don't know what P-U-E-R is. either something in Latin or Spanish. I can't remember uh which one? But so that was interesting. Uh, let's see. So, so I mean, just interesting word, puerile. Um, so he goes, oh, let's see. I'm a coward. I'm miserable. I can't go on this way. He storms out and Picard just takes a long sip of tea. And then Q marches into the med bay as Data's getting scanned. And they say, well, geez, Data can't talk. His language circuits are still reboating. And Q, like, leans right down to Data, uh, and he almost whispers to him. He's, like, bowing, uh, talking right to Data, and he says, uh, uh, there's creatures in the universe who would be, like, love to be an android. No feelings, no emotion, no pain, and yet you covet the human humanity because you're missing nothing. But if it means anything, you're a better human than me. Uh, then Q goes and gets on a shuttle, Oh, wait, when he says that when he leaves, Data turns around and looks right at Geordi and Crusher. Uh, so Data, Q goes and gets a shuttle. Worf says, hey, Picard, somebody's got a shuttle. They call. Q's on the shuttle. He says, hey, I'm going to go to the Cal Moraine and give myself up to them. Uh, don't fall. He goes, uh, they won't, they, it'll be easier. They won't bother you. And even Riker says, get ready with the shields. Uh, clouds are moving towards it. Uh, and Q says, don't fall in the cliche of uh, saving me in the nick of time. I don't want to be rescued. Uh, I've been a failure as a human. He goes, maybe this will give me a little dignity saving all of you. And Picard goes, there's no dignity in this. Uh, this is kind of the easy way out. Uh, you know, self-sacrifice. Uh, but Q kind of says this piece. Uh, he goes, otherwise I would have been, you know, he goes... Uh, he goes, okay, well, then I'm a coward, uh, so be it. He goes, I would have been bored as a human anyway. And then Picard says, well, we got to save Q. Uh, so then they try everything to save it, but it's all being blocked. Uh, they can't figure out. No tractor beam, you know, no, uh, nothing's working. None, none of the mechanisms. No tractor beam, none of the transporters, nothing. 
even when you know, the, Q, the crew was like rolling their eyes during Q's uh, speech, including Riker. And right before they save him, kind of Q and Riker share a look of like, I don't know if it's bemusement or what, uh, like right before they save him. Uh, then there's an ad break, and after the ad break, uh, the cloud's about to catch him, but then, uh, oh, Riker also says, what the hell, when they can't get anything working. Earlier, uh, Picard had said, what the devil, I think. Uh, so get our what the hell out of Riker. Oh, and then this, so Q's on the shuttle, then another Q comes, and he says, not bad, Q. And then he says, hey, Q, not bad, not, no, he goes, not bad, Q, not great, but not bad. And this Q has never been human, so he's like, like what's that? he's dressed as a, he's dressed as a human. I think it was a dude from L.A. Law. I'll look it up in a second. And he says, "You're what are you doing?" Q, the other Q, our, our Q says, "Q," and he says, "What are you doing? You're, you're being selfless for these humans." And he says, "Nah, no, nah, he's just trying to get it. You stop being human because it kind of stinks. Uh, not that great." Yeah, so this is Corbin Burnson. He's another L.A. He was on L.A. Law. I guess a show I've never se- seen before. But a very famous actor. Uh, uh, very beloved. Uh, like Heartthrob, I think, uh, in the 80s. Uh, I mean, probably still a Heartthrob. I mean, that's taking away his heartthrobbiness. But uh, he does really good here. Very, uh, very funny. Um, but he says, hey, he says, oh, he goes, uh, this is dreadful, these outfits. And he goes, well, what are you doing here? He goes, I've been keeping an eye on you. And RQ says, I always thought you were on my side. He goes, no, no, I was the one who told on you and had you kicked out. He goes, because you're incorrigible. You, this is, I wonder if people who watch Star Trek do better on the SAT. I would bet they do. He goes, the lost cause. He goes, every solar system, I have to apologize for you. And he goes, I didn't misplace an asteroid belt. Uh, and there's a lot of physical humor with uh, Q, this other Q getting used to his hands. And he goes, hey, this isn't about me. It's about you. I got other stuff I got to do, but I was keeping an eye on you to see if you're going to cause trouble, even as a human. And Q, our Q says, hey, yeah, I'm sorry. I hope I was entertaining you. And Corbin Burnson Q says, geez, I think uh, these humans are interesting. He goes, I I understand why you keep checking them out. Uh, They're still trying to protect you. They tried to beam you back or up or whatever they call it. And Q's like, really? And he goes, yeah, but I stopped them. And Q goes, fine, when the Calamarine are done, you can take off. And Corbin Burns and Q says, well, there's the problem. You, you, you did a selfless act, so we got to kind of let you back in. And RQ says, I've learned my lesson. And uh, Corbin Burns and Q says, remember, all-knowing, all-seeing. He goes, uh, well, he's fine. Here's your powers back. Uh, now try to stay out of trouble. And now Q is, like, so pleased with himself. His face is, like, uh, orgasmically ecstatic, uh, this is at like 39 minutes, 3930. Uh, really, really, uh, what does this say? Q snaps into four pip, uh, unfamiliar then snaps, uh, I don't know what that means. Oh no. As soon as the other Q leaves, he snaps, he uses powers to put into a four pip, uh, like, so I think that's, uh, whatever Jean-Luc is, four pips on his neck, uh, a uniform, like a commander, the commander Jean-Luc Picard, right? Uh, 
Then he snaps the Calamarain cloud into his hand, shrunk down, and he says, you're busted. But then the Corbin Bernson Q says, Q, I'm watching you. And he goes, oh, no, I was just saying goodbye to the Calamarain. Don't worry. Uh, Then we get back to the uh, Enterprise bridge, and then they say, okay, the aliens are gone, the shuttle's gone. And Riker says, okay, check everything. And Data says, yeah, it's good, they're gone. And Picard says, well, it's the end of Q. Oh, yeah, there's a, the Delhi Law guy did jazz hands. I guess I thought about it. I didn't put that. Uh, yeah, Q sits up. Uh, anything else? I'm so pleased with himself and his victory. Uh, he goes, oh, the tricksters learned a lesson. I, I think I, that was just my own notes. Uh, he blows the uh, Calamarain out of his hand. Then uh, So then Q shows up. As soon as they think Q's gone, he shows up. Uh, with a mariachi band, and, a, and he says, Oh, Mon Capitan. And then he plays the trumpet and dances around, and then he snaps, and cigars appear, and uh, Picard and Riker's hands or mouths. Uh, Au contraire, Mon Capitan. He's back. That's what the first thing Q says. Uh, and he says, I'm forgiven. I'm immortal again. I'm omnipotent again. And Riker says, great. And Q says, don't fret, Riker. My good fortune is your good fortune. And he snaps, and then there's two women at Riker's side. And Riker says, uh, I don't need your fantasy women. And Q goes, you're so stolid, Commander. He goes, he goes it must be the beard or something like that. Uh, yeah, he goes, you weren't like that before, the beard. And he snaps, and uh, two women appear next to Worf, who kind of looks frightened. And then Riker goes, Q, with a capital loud. Uh, he goes, uh, but Q says, I feel like celebrating. And Picard says, I don't. And then Q goes, okay. So then he vanishes the women. And Picard says, all of it. And then he vanishes the mariachi band. And Picard says, now at the risk of being rude. And Q goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've been, uh, uh, he, he does this double hand kiss goodbye. He goes, yeah, I know I've overseed my welcome. He goes, you have my everlasting gratitude until next time. And he goes, I have one debt to repay, my professor of humanities. He goes, I got something special for you. And Data goes, you don't need to make me human, Q. And he goes, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. Uh, Think of it as a going away presence. And then Q vanishes and Data just starts cracking up. This is at, uh, let's see, let me get to the start of it here. Uh, about uh, 4225, uh, uh, Data starts, starts uh, he goes, she just starts, first he's like pausing, and then he starts like hiccuping laughing, and then he starts laughing uncontrollably, like uh, uh, really good, like throwing his head back, holding his chest. Uh, the whole crew is like, what in the heck? Uh, Jordy's like, Data? Then Data catches his breath for a second. Then he cracks up again uncontrollably. And uh, Q says, or uh, Jordy says, what are you laughing about? And Data kind of says, uh, um, uh, and then he goes, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, he goes, but it was a wonderful feeling. And he was laughing so hard, even Troy was giggling. Uh, come Sturgent. I don't know what that says. Come Sturgent. Who cracks up, goes straight, cracks up again, makes Troy giggle, comes straight, maybe that is. And they say, yeah, I don't know what was left, but it felt great. Then the park people call, they say, our moon's back on course. Uh, 
And they say, we got our parkas, and you've done it again, Captain Picard. And he goes, what? And they say, yeah, we got a moon in a round orbit now. And Picard says, Data, what do you think? And Data goes, I don't know. Uh, and then Picard says, well, let's head to uh, Nagala 4, the space station. And he goes, maybe, Picard sits down, he goes, maybe there's a residue of humanity in Q after all. And then uh, Picard, uh, yeah, a cigar appears in Picard's mouth. He also pulled his shirt down right when he sat down. And then in the smoke of the cigar is Q's face, and he goes, don't bet on it, Picard. Uh, like, and I think, I don't think he had clothes on. Even though it was his head, I just felt like he didn't have clothes on. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, so another trip uh, to another generation. With, this was, Q was definitely less antagonistic in this one. I guess because the tables were turned. But it just seemed like his streak was more passive-aggressive mean. Then the last one, like Hide and Q, I think was the last one I watched where I just like, uh, I don't know, John Delancey really is delightful uh, in this role, though. And uh, that's it. All right. Uh, good night.